I know you can do better than that for God and for God's young people who are talking about the faithfulness of God, how faithful God is. How awesome is our God and how great and wonderful our young people. We want to thank all of them for leading us in worship thus far from the opening to the prayer uh, to the songs, uh, the reading of the scripture. Uh, these folks, uh, young people, are doing a phenomenal job. I said it in the morning, 8 a.m. service. I'll say it again. Uh, the encounter that you are seeing today is simply uh, a glimmer of the great things that occur during our sessions despite what happens, despite COVID. Uh, we gather uh, in Zoom and just an incredible movement of God happens even in those settings. And so I want to encourage you to encourage them to continue to be a part of the fellowship and fellowship here at First Prez. Amen? Amen. Amen. God, you are awesome. You are faithful. And for that, we say thank you. We've entered and we've heard you in the worship thus far in our prayers the reading of the scripture, and certainly in the singing of the songs. So now, God, we ask that you would speak once again through your servant. I am simply ordained dust, but all that I am and all that I am not is available unto you. So use us for your service, preacher and people, people and preacher, so that the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts may be acceptable in thy sight. Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Be unafraid. Be unafraid. Most people are comparers. Comparers. I, I know that's not a word. I looked it up uh, in between services. It is a pronoun that the preacher's going to make up because I have literary license, and that's what preachers sometimes do. And so, uh, we, we, we are comparers. That is, uh, we compare ourselves to others. We compare our clothes and our shoes to others. We not only compare what we wear, but how we wear it. How we lace up our sneakers. Do we go from the outer or do we go from the inner? How we tilt our hats or how you wear your hair wrap. We all are comparing ourselves, and we are people who constantly do that. And as a child, one of the worst arguments that I presented to my parents was the comparison argument. You've heard it if you've ever had any responsibility over a child. The compare argument is, I, I would say to uh, my parents, I would say, Elliot's mom lets him wear sneakers in the snow. Why do I have to wear boots? Or Jill's mom lets her have candy in the morning. Why can't I have candy? And my parents' response simply is that um, uh, uh, I'm not Elliot's parent. I'm yours, and you'll do what I say. Or the other response, the other response to, to, to my comparison uh, simply was this, is that uh, my, my mom would say, well, if Jill jumped off a bridge, are you going to jump off behind her? See, I, I, 
there, there is this idea that um, comparison that, that we like to compare. And, and young folks, let me let me cue you in on uh, the truth of the matter is it's, it's a secret that some adults like to hide. But the truth is uh, some adults never outgrow the comparison game. They buy things they cannot afford to impress people they do not like just to keep up. The comparisons, there is this comparison thing. And some folks even compare their actions to those who, who uh, uh, to others in order to see whether or not they are acting right. And their acting right will determine upon uh, who they are looking at. So if other kids are cursing and using profane language, then they may start using bad language. When others start experimenting with drugs and alcohol, the comparison kicks in and, and they may be tempted to do so. But I want to encourage someone today to fight the urge to fit in. Fight the urge to fit in. Fight, fight the feeling of wanting to be like everyone else. You are wondrously and uniquely created. God crafted and made you just as he intended. Your hips and your lips, your eyes and your thighs, they are as God intended. You don't fit in because you weren't meant to fit in. You stand out because you are outstanding. You cannot blend in because you are blessed. And not according to the world's standards, but according to the standards of God. So when we compare ourselves to others, we sometimes see things that others don't notice, and there's a danger to that. There's a danger to comparing yourselves to others. The danger is it's really a losing game. And TLC was right. You can buy your hair if it won't grow. You can fix your nose if he says so. You can buy all the makeup that Mac can make, but if you can't look inside you. And our text today, Isaiah, is about a man who took a look inside. He started with a comparison, but ended at the feet of Christ. He enters this conversation. The text starts with the death of King Uzziah. And Uzziah was a really good king for most of his reign. For the most part, he, he ruled over Judah, the, the southern kingdom. And, and the thing about Uzziah was that he became king when he was 16 years old. 16, he was a teenager. And Uzziah was known for the great things he did for the people of Israel. He was beloved by the people of Israel. For most of his reign, he was a good king. He was even considered a great king. But by the time he died, he had done some things that were... Not so good. As a matter of fact, it was so bad that the things that he had done had caused him to contract or uh, be cursed uh, with a skin disease called leprosy. And that's what he died from. And Isaiah, who was a prophet, was so devastated. He was so crushed by his death. It was, it was a sad time for the nation of Israel because Uzziah was such a good king and they had had some terrible kings before. And so Isaiah, I'm sure, was thinking, here we go again. We had this wonderful king. He had some problems, but he dies now. And the next king that's going to come, things are really going to get bad. So with that in mind, Isaiah goes to the temple where the presence of God was. And that's my first point. When trouble comes in your life and trouble will show up in your life, you need to turn to God. 
when trouble shows up, and, and you are young people, you're going to be faced with some troubling moments in your life. Your, your youthfulness does not exclude you from trouble. Uh, you sang a song earlier, Peace Be Still. It's a reminder that even as young people, you're going to have some storms in your life. You're going to go through some stuff. There are going to be some things that, that you will probably af- be afraid of because it's such great trouble, because every day will not always be a good day. But, but I want to encourage you that when those bad days come, and they will, that you need to be like Isaiah and turn to God. Not just turn to God, but run to God. And when you get to God, I got to let you know that sometimes it won't immediately feel good. When you run to God in the midst of your storm, it won't immediately feel good. See, Isaiah was like you and I. He too had the comparison problem. And and what's interesting about him is that Isaiah, if you compared him to all the people in the ancient Near East, Isaiah was probably one of the best persons there was. But when he turned to God, when he saw the glory of God, when he was in the presence of God, all of a sudden there was no comparison. See, although Isaiah was better than most people, he knew that in the presence of God, in comparison to God, that his, his righteousness was nothing but a filthy rag that, that compared to God's pure holiness. But watch this. Isaiah, even though he messed up, he admitted that he was a sinner. He did not make excuses for his sinfulness. He didn't try to blame anyone else. He didn't say because his mother did. He didn't say because of his father. He didn't look for someone else. He didn't run. He didn't hide from God. And that's point number two. It's okay to say that you are not okay. It's okay to admit to God that you messed up. It's okay to acknowledge that that you're not perfect, that that you've made mistakes, and and mistakes oftentimes show up sometimes even as sin. It's okay to tell God about your sin. See, Isaiah, as good as he was, he had to admit that he was sinful. And what could he do about his condition? Absolutely nothing. But watch this. The text says that one of the seraphs flew to the altar, took a burning coal, and touched Isaiah's lips. Now, fire in in the Bible is used to purify things. And so the weather today is not necessarily going to let a lot of us go outside and burn coal. This is Memorial Day weekend. It's the start of the summer, and so most of us are, know that whenever you burn coal, even when the fire appears gone, it's still very hot. And so, so this seraph went and took this hot coal and put this coal to Isaiah's mouth. It was uh, the symbol of God that, that uh, this fire was purifying his lips. And see, that's the, the, the point that I'm making. Only God can save someone from their sins. God didn't just cover up Isaiah's sin. God took his sins away. Isaiah's sins wouldn't be remembered or talked about ever again because God took them away. Now, we're talking about them now. You're saying, wait a minute, preacher. Yeah, Yes, we're talking about sin, but we don't know what his sin was. 
And that's the beauty of being forgiven by God. When God forgives you, you are forgiven. Just as God took away all of Isaiah's sins, God wants to take away all of your sin. He sent his son Jesus to become the perfect sacrifice that takes away our sins. And if you believe in this and if you place your trust and your faith in him, the Bible says that God will purify us from the sin, from our sins by the blood of Jesus. The Bible teaches us that God will take our sins and fling them as far as the east is from the west, that your sins can never be found, that he forgives your sin and cleanses you from all wickedness, all unrighteousness, that God himself will trample his sins underfoot. Just imagine God stomping out your sin. Yeah. God took away Isaiah's sin. And even though Isaiah had been a prophet, even though that had been his, his, his work and that's what he was called to do, he had not heard from the voice of God until that moment. He had not heard God speak to him. Why couldn't he hear? Because of his sinfulness. Even though he had been a, 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 a prophet, even though he had, that was his job, his occupation, it had not turned into his vocation, his calling. And, and when he is cleansed, when he is right, then he hears from God and God speaks and the voice of God says, who will I send and who will go for us? And Isaiah heard the voice of God and he answered and he says, here am I, send me. He stopped comparing himself and started preparing himself. He stopped comparing himself but started preparing himself. Don't you understand? There is a work for each and every one of us. God has a work for us to do. And if you're so busy comparing yourself to someone else, then you will miss out the opportunity and the time it takes to prepare your heart for the work that God has for your hands. See, you have to stop comparing yourself and prepare yourself and know that you are more than a conqueror. Don't be afraid because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Be unafraid to stand up. Up, my sister be unafraid to stand out my brother be unafraid not to fit in stop comparing yourself to people who are on their way nowhere you are kids of the king you don't have to be afraid to stand out for Christ be unafraid to be different you can't compare your royalty to their ratchetness you are the best because you are blessed be unafraid to be different be unafraid to be bold say here am I unafraid send me Isaiah set the example but I have one more and then I'm I'm, I'm done I, I'm I'm not a big football fan but I like football I enjoy and I can't wait to see what my Giants do this year. But I love it when, when it's a close game and, and the time is running out, fourth quarter, less than two minutes, and maybe uh, the last play, just a few seconds on the clock. And I love to watch as, as the quarterback steps back and uh, he's in the pocket and he, he calls out the play. And hike one, hike two, and the center snaps the ball. 
the quarterback gets the ball and he takes scan of the field. He's looking at his receivers. He's looking to see who's open and, and he knows where they're supposed to be because they're supposed to run a particular pattern. He knows that they're supposed to be at a certain space at a certain time. But every now and again, uh, there's always that one receiver who, who runs a different pattern. He runs a separate pattern and, and he makes his way down uh, the field near the, near the end goal, near the goal. And, and the quarterback sees him and he sees him because he's waving his hand saying, here am I, throw me the ball. I'm, I'm open. And the quarterback steps back, plants his feet, shoots the ball, and the receiver catches it and then runs in and makes the touchdown. I love stories like that. I love how that ends. Uh, and that's just like you and I. We are to be God's receivers. You see, uh, the world is trying to be on the defense. The world is trying to stop God from getting to you what needs to happen. Uh, but God is just looking out on the field of life. God is looking out on the world, looking to find out who can he throw to. God is looking at who can he pass to. God is looking for you and I. And all we got to do, God asked the question to Isaiah, who will go for us? And, and our answer ought to be, here am I. Send me. Here am I, God. Throw me. I, I, I'm open for you, God. I'm open to receive what you have for me. I, I pray that, that you will be open also because the world is going to try to shut you down. But, but you've got a task to complete. You've got some work to do. And only you can do that. Only, only you can catch what God has for you. God is looking for you. But you've got to say like Isaiah, here am I. Send me. Are you willing to be open for God? Are you willing to do it? And I got to tell you, one once you get it, it's not going to be over because the receiver, even though he catches the ball, he's still a few yards. He's got to get into the end zone. And when he runs those yards, he's got to figure out somebody's going to try to stop me. And that's why I said to you, it's not going to be easy. Trouble's going to come on you, but you've got to say to yourself, here am I. Send me. I'm still going to fight the fight. I'm still going to run the run. I'm still going to do what God has called me to do. But you can't be afraid. So I say to you, be unafraid. Here am I, send me, amen.